1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant, and the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves, flashing the shot, what a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory, at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. We're Wolves, eh, we? Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the 77 Club. Uh, Harry, just before we do the socials, obviously uh, we're in the midst of coronavirus at the moment, um, but I think we should just take a leaf out of Neville Southall's book. The goalkeeper, he tweeted a bit of advice. People keep going on about washing their hands, stop getting coronavirus. Just give them gloves, as a lot of people say. I caught fuck all when I wore mine. So there you go. Uh, take one out of his book. Uh, Harry, you got the socials? Yeah, uh, the Wolves 77 Club on Instagram, Facebook, at 77 Club podcast on Twitter. We hit 300 followers on Instagram. We're absolute ballers. Um, yeah, so follow us, sound. This is what it's like to be Kim Kardashian, is that right? <laughs> yeah. She's got a couple more. Uh, Jack Williams is here. Hello, everybody. And Dan Bayes is here too. Hello, Wolves fans. Seems like a million years since we were last doing a podcast. I think a lot's happened in that time. We're just going to go over uh, the Espanyol tie away and the Tottenham game. But I think we should probably start with Harry, who pretty much made a week of it in Barcelona last week. And it's safe to say that you hit the ground, I'd say running, but I think just because you couldn't walk anymore <laughs> when we caught up with you. What's your new phrase, Harry? Just shouting top shaggers at oh, the uh, top God. of your voice everywhere we go. So uh, just talk to us a little bit about your experience in Barcelona because you went via Dublin as well, didn't you? Yeah, I'm trying to forget about it to be honest, mate. But uh, yeah, I'm we got out you can there remember t- any of it? <laughs> we got out there Tuesday, quiet one Tuesday night. Got up Wednesday. We was in the uh, the pub for nine or ten, and uh, yeah, as you can imagine, all down the smash in that big square. Uh, I volleyed a football off another Wolves fan's head by accident and it got beat up, <laughs> um, and it was just mess. And then I lost all my mates, and then. I was looking for rags, he couldn't find him. Bumped into two people listening to the podcast, but I can't remember what they looked like. I can't remember their names, but they're a sound. And then I found you lot, didn't I? You got there about midnight, didn't you? We did. I ended up in your room. I ended up sleeping in your room for <laughs> the did. night. Not even in mine. And then <laughs> we got up the next morning and it's just a blur from there, to be honest. It was tops off if you love the walls, wasn't it, Harry, about midday? Oh, God, yeah. 
I mean, there's photographic evidence. So, uh, obviously, we took it a little bit more chilled, didn't we? Dan and Jack flew from Stansted and uh, nice and easy, wasn't it? And a great atmosphere as soon as we turned up, even though we hadn't sort of been on it as long as everybody else. It was brilliant. The Wolves fans packing that square was superb. I think it was a really good setup, wasn't it? With the beers outside, the sun was shining. Mm. It was uh, was pretty nice for a couple of hours out there. And then the usual thing that the game starts, it descends into chaos and everyone gets pissed. Jack, a highlight for you? Um, <clears throat> it wasn't the game. So. <laughs> no, it wasn't the game, actually. I was kind of envious of uh, some of you guys who didn't have tickets because it was quite a pain to get in and out, get to the ground and then get back out and stay in the pub kind of uh, sounded appetising. But no, it was a it was a great great time away. There was pretty much everybody, you, you know, who was, you know, was being Wolves fans, most of them managed to make the trip over. And it was a great atmosphere. I didn't see any trouble or anything like that. The was the was talk of some big trouble on Wednesday, Wednesday night mate. We arrived. All, oh. The police, were, all the wolves had to fight with the police and that. It was bad Wednesday. There was trouble in the square. A lot of it fighting everywhere. Um, yeah, uh, Baelish, can you remember? It's just come back to me. Once I'd had my seventeen pints of water trying to sober up on the first day. Can you remember that Villa fan on the stag do? Sort of, but not. Oh my god! Greatly. Basically, it was outside a place called Temple Bar. All Wolves fans singing and that, having a laugh. All you hear is, Villa, Villa, Villa. <laughs> Lad on his stag do, dressed in a full Villa kit. Oh, my God. I thought, oh. he, I thought he was going to get killed. <laughs> Chances. Oh, as soon as that oh. happened, I was going in a taxi and went. It was about half nine. <laughs> half nine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, we should probably get out. Oh, someone nicked my coat as well. I was so angry. I'm my it's 20 coat. degrees and they nicked mine and Jack's coat. <laughs> We're not I'll exactly the most it. fashionable people in the world. So Actually, yeah, I was saying that because I just said, oh, there's no trouble. But Harry said there was people fighting on the Wednesday. People got and then as well. Lots of people got robbed. You see yeah. on Twitter, people got their phones nicked. I think their suitcases nicked and all this sort of stuff. So, oh, really? but yeah, apart from that. Great city. You had a great time. Yeah, we walked into our breakfast. <laughs> Thursday morning, walked into our breakfast. First bloke I looked at, he had a bandage around his head. He'd had his wallet, his phone, and everything stolen. He'd lost all his mates. So he had a good few days. Cracking city though, isn't it? <laughs> Cracking city. Love it. Go back in. Uh, so Wolves ended actually a 48-year wait to progress to the last 16 of a major European competition. First time since 71-72. Losing finalists that season. Hopefully that is not an omen. We can go one better this year. Fingers crossed. So Harry, we'll start with the game itself though. A couple of changes to that lineup. Patricia and goal. Bolly, Cody, Kilman making a start. Uh, you got Doherty, Gibbs-White, Dendonka, Matinho, Vinagre, Traore and Podence making his first European start for Wolves. Yeah, well, we knew there was going to be changes. Uh, the game was done, wasn't it? After that amazing performance in the first uh, the first leg, um, Jota hat-trick. And was that Neves' wonder goal, that game, wasn't it? It yeah. was, yeah. Yeah, and then... But uh, the, all I can remember really from watching it, because obviously we'd had a few, was I thought Podence played quite well. He obviously started up front with Trey Array, didn't he? And all I remember as well was Neto's open goal miss at 2-2. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Obviously they went on to win it, but it didn't really matter, did it? Um, some Wolves fans were moaning after the game. I was like, bloody hell, the game was over before it even started. Give us a break. Uh, you say you said that, but I was in the ground, and when we went 1-0 down, we just all looked at each other and said... Nah, surely not. Nah, come on, come on, can't happen. But now, obviously, the game was over as, as soon as we scored. I think the game was over from from a from a tie point of view. Jack, I haven't spoke to you about this. Sorry, yeah, that that song what? everyone keeps going about. Was that good in the away end? 
Yeah, at Tottenham, the whole away end were singing it as well. Were they? Yeah. That's, Brilliant. That's going to be adopted, that is, as like a Wolves goal chat now, just from nowhere, and people were not... Anyone who didn't... Um, or any teams who play us will just be like, why are they singing this? No, apart from Liverpool fans that say they invented it back oh, That'll in definitely the happen. 80s. 100%. There were guys say, next we to me at Tottenham literally turning to me and be like, what the fuck's this? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Spain, mate, don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, don't ever worry about that. Uh, Dan, I think on the Neto miss that Harry mentioned there, you said it was the worst sitter you've ever seen. One of, yeah. It's up there with ca- canoes. No, actually, just, I'm just going to correct you. What you said <laughs> is that's, that's, that's... No, you said... Was, that, where he tapped it over the bar for three millimetres. It wasn't that yeah, bad, you, but it was bad. You said that he, Neto missed like the biggest tapping of all time. <laughs> it's not a tapping when it's 25 yards out. <laughs> 36 <laughs> pints I couldn't see <laughs> it, it, it was a bad one though because he did all the hard work he got it down got in front of the defender and then just skewed it didn't he well it I thought we all I don't, well Jack did you think it was in, in the ground because on telly everyone went mad in the pub everyone just thought he'd slide it in didn't they no I, we thought straight away he's, he's, he's missed that oh, man, it looked like it was in <laughs> I was waiting for the net to ripple but then obviously you just see the ball fly past <laughs> and hit the, hit, the stat, hit the advertised board or whatever and we're like ah <laughs> <laughs> god damn it uh, how did Max kill and get on for you, Jack. I'll be honest, Sam. I can't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> I know I went to the ground, but I was more—I was more interested in, in the surroundings and looking looking at the stand. One thing I will say is, though, there were so many Wolves fans in the home end, and even wearing colours. Oh and my God. Actually, going back to that, there was a bit of trouble in the home end, thinking about it. So my comment earlier about there being no trouble, take it back, it's rubbish. There was trouble everywhere I looked. But there were some of them just sat there and they'd been let in, in like full kits pretty much. And they were just sat in amongst the home fans. And I think when when we scored the equaliser, there was a bit of uh, bit of stuff going on. But generally, it wasn't too bad. But the stewards must have just been willing to let people in wearing, when they were known to be Wolves fans. So what can you do? Can you guess what the attendance was? It's 15,000. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 14,000. Which means a third of the crowd, if not a little bit more, would have been Wolves fans. Yeah, probably. Mm. Was your uh, highlight seeing Susie Perry after, lads, or what? Having a drink of her? Cool. I couldn't believe I missed that. Sam Sam went to bed. Sam, you would have have just... There'd have been a mess on the floor. For the the purpose of the tape... I've had a trouser accident. For the purpose of the tape, Sam's like the biggest cougar hunter. (laughs) And and Susie Perry's probably like the crown jewel in that. And he went to bed just before she popped in the pub and had a beer with with all of us. You couldn't make it up, really. I I ended up in a a pizza place, which um, wasn't a takeaway pizza place, but I was so insistent that it was a takeaway pizza place that they they actually just wrapped up in foil, put it on a massive plate and into a paper bag for me and told me to get out and I, st- I, I put it down as a win <laughs> to be honest if you can go into a sit down restaurant and go I'm taking your plate uh, so in terms of the game we can't really remember what happened uh, we've watched the highlights back obviously for, for the little highlights that there were um, Dan do you think Gibbs White is is he on his way in the summer do you think he's done enough to warrant a place in the side on the bench I think we've got to keep him he just needs to go and play some football but we've been saying this for over 12 months all of us have. Yeah. Get him, get him going and playing some proper football somewhere and running a midfield and learning his craft a little bit. Because at the moment he does, he doesn't look naive. Naive's not the right word. He just doesn't quite look there to up to our standard, and it is a very high standard. Yeah. We're one of the best teams yeah, in in European football at the moment, sadly, or English football. Sadly, sadly, <laughs> fucking good. Sadly, why? Sadly, sadly, in the terms of sadly, he's back in League One. Sorry, he's a lad that wants. <laughs> sadly to, for Joe Mason and he's a lad that wants to come on and we and it's definitely got talent to do it and. Sadly, when I say sadly, I mean that he's not currently right to get in that team. Do you mean sadly for him? Yes. Personally. 
Happy yeah. for us. Yeah, good for, oh, good for us. We're fucking classed, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, what do you think of the draw? Olympiakos, top of the Greek league. Oh, only really two teams in it, I think, are Panathinaikos, so it's a trip to Athens. Yeah, well, it could have been much worse, couldn't it? But obviously, the first thing you think is, God, they did knock Arsenal out. But you've got to put us as favourites again. Um, but yeah, it could have been much worse. That was my first thought. And my second thought was... Be, be careful if you go over there because apparently they are absolutely mental so just don't die if you do go <laughs> yeah I agree I agree with Harry I think it's it could have been a much worse draw I know every team in there would have also have not wanted to play us but you've got to take that I think they were towards definitely towards the bottom half of the betting even after knocking Arsenal they out. were so on paper 66 to 1 favourites here so we've got to take that considering we could have got some a really tough tie or Man United again good for Podence as well Going yeah. home early, yeah. Back to back to home. You'll be able to give us a bit of inside tactics. <laughs> I uh, I sit next to an Arsenal fan at work, and I'll paraphrase, but I'll do it in an accent just to make it more entertaining. And I quote, "Prepare the bleeps." Yeah, you lot will fucking do them. They're fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> we were just rubbish. Is he Scottish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's from Glasgow. Uh, still not favourites to win the competition, though. Does that surprise you, Jack? I mean, you. Probably well, not. So what, no, what surprises me is I think that we're now third in the betting, if correct me if I'm oh, wrong, we? because wow. after we got that favourable draw, we've obviously jumped up because also the one talking point from that draw is a couple of fancied teams have also been paired off against each other. So it's looking, yeah. looking like, you know, one of those is straight away going to go out, well, on two occasions. What surprises me is that Man U are above us. I fancy us over Man U, not even being biased either. And they walloped... Uh, yeah, but I, I, Roman, I, could, I could wallop them who they beat. So yes, yeah, Seville versus Roma is correct, and there's also a tasty one, which is Getafe versus Inter. Yeah, so straight away there's there's four good teams there, and two of them are going to go out. We are sure eleven to two. Jesus, it's the good. We, it's good we've got them, but at the same time, I won't be watching any of them live because they've stupidly put the home kickoff at five to six, which well, this is, this is, the is annoying so thing. annoying. You, I've had to take a half but, day. But also look on that. The Olympiacos game, the away leg, kicks off at 10pm local time. So oh surely God, the common sense thing to do is swap the times around. Yeah. Because then both games will kick off at a reasonable local time, both about 8pm. Which is what it should be, isn't it? Which is what it should be, but it's just... Oh, Obviously it's still set out because people who are season to colders who can't go because of work, they'll get snapped up them spare tickets, won't they? But for me, myself, I don't think I'm going to do it because it's just... Like, literally, I'd have to be like Colin McRae flying through the streets to try and get there and... You know what I mean? Oh, he did die in a... Probably the wrong, was probably the wrong rally he had to use, yeah. Uh, I think it was helicopter, it, Sam. It was a helicopter, it was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Sorry. Respect the dead. Who died in a car crash then? Diana. <laughs> so don't try and do coke off someone's knob in the back of a car. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Or wear a belt, because although that is difficult to do if you're wearing a belt. Um so in terms of, uh, of the Europa League we're happy with the draw uh, result wasn't quite what we wanted but to be honest you'd take 6-3 on aggregate all day long especially going away second so we will move on then to the Premier League and it was a first visit actually to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium Hi I'm Steve Ball and you're listening to the 77 Club Jack Bayliss you were lucky enough to get tickets for it just what was the stadium like to begin with? It's a brilliant place clearly they've got the setup. it's just an insanely cool place Did you have a The point? really good thing they've got Sorry? Did you have a pint? Because it comes out the bottom, doesn't it? It's that special didn't, one. didn't, but I was just about to say, oh. the really cool thing they do have, I didn't have one to fill up from the bottom, but there was a guy walking around selling beers. Beer men. So the queue's less. Beer men. Oh, class. It's genius. So yeah. There's no queue. So if you so want to queue up for a, 
so they've got some great ideas. If you want to queue up for food or a normal pint, the queue is, is so much uh, smaller because they've got loads of little beer men walking around with beers on their backs and they just come to you and you, you pay with contactless and they give you a beer and you haven't got a queue up and you're just stood around in the, in the concourse. It's a great idea, whoever's thought of that. Yeah. I know they do it at some festivals on the continent. It's great. All the away fans had a standing bar as well, so you can stand up for the game in relative comfort, which was good. The, the only downside, I thought, that massive stand they've got, the wall... It's just a bit too big. It doesn't create a lot of atmosphere. It was a little a bit very, dead. Very, imp- very impressive structure. Looks visually brilliant. But I think you said, Dan, when you get to ground that's that sort of size now, you know that 30% of the people there are going to be tourists and it kills the atmosphere. Yeah. And it is, everyone yeah. was singing, it's football in a library, football in a library, because it's just, it's just too big and you lose that sort of close four stand, you know, intimidating close to the pitch, yeah. 30,000 or whatever it might be, see to stadium. And you pay the price for that. But in return for that, you get all this extra revenue. And in terms of sport watching or just watching sport without atmosphere, you can't really fault it. And Harry, it was the special one versus Jose Mourinho for this tie, and it's incredibly important in the race for top four, taking the three points, coming from behind twice as well. Just your thoughts on, I think when I was watching it, it was Adama Traore just was getting fouled all the time, but just kept going. And it was that Jota goal uh, that was the equaliser that I think Aurier just came in, tried to take him out. He did take him out, but he just got back up. He's like a transformer. Yeah, so before the game, I was really confident because we know that Tottenham got their injuries. Um, we put out a very strong team. It was only Vanagra that came in, wasn't it? Um, which I thought he struggled, by the way, defensively. He got ripped in the knee by that Aurier. And the first goal came from the right side. Obviously, Aurier scored the second. Um, but he did set up the first and he put the ball in for Doherty so swings and roundabouts but honestly I thought we were quite unlucky to go in 2-1 down I think once we got the equaliser I really thought we were going to kick on and get go ahead before half time but then we come out second half and I was doubting us I don't know why because how many times have we come out second half and just gone on to win games and as we do we just did it didn't we we got away we won Deli Ali's header just before the equaliser I think it was so but Jota was unplayable he was so good Jota and just mentioning the first half and second half Wolves in the first half table in the league are bottom and would have 23 (laughs) points from 28 Uh, the second half table Wolves would be third so just shows you how, I mean we, we've always said haven't we that we're, we're a second half team but that just is incredible to go from bottom to, to third across those two tables I bet it just makes you think how good would we be this season if we sorted out our first half performances and VAR didn't screw us over you know we'd be we'd be in a Champions League spot comfortably wouldn't we I know it's ifs and buts but going back to the game um, I'm going to on the Vinagra comment I yeah I, I agree I, I think he got a probably a bit more stick than it was worth because he also did some very good stuff in that game obviously we all know I think that defensively he's not as good as he is going forward and he is so young and naive and it's hard to be thrown into a game like this against away at Spurs against such a good team and hold your own but he did some very good stuff as well and I agree he's got stuff to work on but I think he grew into the game as it went on and I think minutes under his belt will help him and Given that Johnny's out for, we don't know, because they're so tight on injuries, an indefinite amount of time, then hopefully he'll get his chance and be able to get that more experience to make himself better, because there's definitely a talent there. It's just annoying that both Spurs' goals sort of came down yeah. his side. I do worry that teams are going to target him. He improved second half a lot, like thinking back. He was really, he didn't make, it was just, they just seemed to target him first half. That's just what it seemed like, but he was much better second. He must have got a bit of a rollicking, but yeah, um, he is a great player though I do like Vanagre but he was just so obvious what they were doing they were just going down that right every time 
Matinho gave him a bollocking on the pitch. It's just a bit a bit of naivety, I think, um, particularly probably for Spurs' second goal because he just showed him the wrong way and then it just did the back. Why would you show him onto his left foot? I said that at the time. I was like, why would you do that? He's going absolutely nowhere on his right foot, Aria. Mm. No, absolutely nowhere. Why you would show him onto his strongest side and into like goal side as well? Incredible. Um, Raul Jimenez, Harry, can you think of a better striker? to play at the top level for Wolves no no he is the best but let's be honest he didn't have a very good game apart from his goal (laughs) he was quite frustrating what a sign of a great striker though yeah exactly he's done it so many times but uh, for me I've mentioned a minute ago Jota was the man the the run for the winner from Jota the way he turned uh, like inside our own half the turn the run and he laid it through and when uh, Jimenez ran into the box I was like shoot you know and then when he cut in and then what a finish it must have been scenes in the away end when he, when he stepped him and put him on his ass, the Wolves fans started to go because they knew what was coming Yeah, all the Wolves yeah. fans were pretty much started to celebrate oh. you could just see oh he's going to bury this it was mental I do agree with Harry though I think he's, he's probably not been that great of late in not just that game but then again I think we've probably uh, played better this season than we did against Spurs and lost I don't think it was that great. Well, I think we played better against Spurs and lost the first, like when yeah, we played them at yeah. home, you know, when yeah. that sucker punch. We played a different game this time. We did sit back. We were deeper in the first half. And also, Raul Jimenez became the most, well, was the most searched soccer player, football player in the world last weekend. Really? Wow. Taking Harry Mansell rubbing his hands together. So there <laughs> you go. How many people Influencer. live in Mexico? Is there, like, like how many people are in Mexico? 16. A billion? Or what? It's <laughs> There's quite a few. There's a couple. And what is it with Jota, though? That it like gets to about February in the season. He's right. Okay, right. I'll start playing now. Yeah, imagine if he was like this the whole season. Well, he wouldn't be with us, would he? If he could do this for a whole season, like not get injured and just be unreal, he'd be top, top level, wouldn't he? When he's on it, he's unplayable, man. Just so you yeah. know, it's about 130 million. El Mexico. In Mexico. And they si. all love Raul. Si, senor. Excellent. Right, we'll move our attentions to Molyneux and the next game in the Premier League is against Brighton. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Join them by Josh at TogetherBHA on Twitter. That is at TogetherBHA. Josh, how's it going to begin with? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How do you reckon the season is panning out? It's a magical 10 games left now. Uh, not great. <laughs> um, we yeah we started very really well, um, and you know I know that Rome isn't built in a day, and we've had to really go from like one side of the spectrum to the other in the way that we're playing football. Uh, but we just can't seem to put the ball in the back of the net, and if we're not able to do that, we're not able to win points. So it's been pretty frustrating um, to watch us kind of create a whole host of chances, which is better than last year, obviously. Um, but not being able to put them away. So it's kind of the same frustrations, different reasons. That seems like the recipe for relegation, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Um, I mean, last year I feel like we were kind of lucky enough that we had three teams that were worse than us, uh, and it feels like we may have to rely on that again this year. In terms of setting up for this one, how do you reckon Brighton will do that? Well, I would normally say we'll try and keep the ball We'll play the, the style that Potter has been playing for the last couple of months now. Uh, keep the ball, pass the ball around and try and, you know, create and foster opportunities through possession and, and keeping the ball away from you all. But uh, the last time we went away from home was Sheffield United and we allowed them like pretty much the entire run of them of the, of the entire pitch. Um, it was out of nowhere. So 
I'm really not sure what he's going to do. Um, I'm not sure the kind of football that Wolves like to play at home. Uh, you know, if you're if you're a team that are used to kind of dominating the possession at home, uh, I think he has. I think he may well just let you do that, uh, which is not what I would have said two weeks ago. When I look at Brighton's fixtures. Uh, if I was a Brighton fan, I would be quite worried because I look at it now, you walk away, <laughs> Arsenal at home, Leicester away, Manchester United at home, Norwich, that's going to be a huge game. Obviously, they might already be relegated by then. Next game away, Liverpool at home, Manchester City away, and that's literally in order. And then you've got sort of a finish of Southampton, Newcastle and Burnley. Do you think you've got enough there to stay up? Um, I think we need 10 more points and I'm not sure where they're going to come from. Uh, <laughs> but there's a there's a lot of teams around us that have some brutal fixture lists as well. West Ham's is just as bad as ours, um, and Bournemouth has a couple of fixtures as well that are also really rough. So again, it may be kind of relying on teams around us to be just as bad as us. Because goal difference, I think, always comes into play at the, at the end of the season. And the one thing that Brighton have got going for them in that sort of, I don't know, bottom eight sides um, is sort of the, the goal difference isn't as bad as it, it is of the teams around them. Yeah, and we 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 never look like we're going to get stuffed. Even when we play the best teams in the division, we we never look like we're going to get hammered. Um, and you know, when we got beat four 0 at Manchester City at the beginning of the season, uh, it was one of our better performances in the way that we played. So uh, I don't think that. Well, I, you know, I can't foresee in the future that we're going to like suddenly open up and concede a whole bunch of goals. So I think that, you know, if it does come down to goal difference, like you said, I think we're in a really good spot for it. Who do you fear most in that Wolves side? Uh, I know he's not the man scoring the goals, but Adama Traore mm-hmm. is the man that I'm worried about. Um, he gave Damba all the trouble in the world last uh, in you know, whenever we played you at the at the Amex. Um, I mean, I think it pretty much resulted in Danbert just fouling him as soon as he got a hold of the ball because he knew he couldn't keep up with him. Um, and Jimenez, I know, uh, you know, he scores goals uh, more than anybody else in our team does. So those two linking up is going to be a problem. Um, and obviously you're on your home turf, so it's going to be even more of a problem than usual. Score prediction, Josh? <sighs> 3 1 to Wolves, unfortunately. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? So it's back at Molyneux at the weekend. We're looking forward to it. Uh, Harry, would you go and change for this one? We always look at these sort of games, and I think we saw it against Huddersfield last year, those weaker teams that we just couldn't manage to beat. Obviously did the job at the Amex, and it's all eyes on the Premier League now in terms of the top four race. I would go and change, but I don't think we will because obviously Adama keeps popping his shoulder out and Nuno's actually come out saying he's worried about it. So whether he yeah. re- reverts to the 3-5-2 and just has Jotter and Jimenez up there and brings Den Donker back in, I think that's what he'll do. As for Brighton at home, we, 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 we say this all the time. We should win, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's 0-0 or 1-1. It's what Wolves love to do in these sort of games, but let's hope we do win. I mean, Brighton are fighting for their lives. As your man mentioned there, they've got some horrendous fixtures coming up, so they're going to be looking to get three points from this. Jack, can we better that 2-2 at the Amex? Brighton are a bit of a bogey team for us, aren't they? Mm. I don't know why, but they always seem to get a result against us, and it wouldn't surprise me if... The annoying thing is now, you mentioned like Brighton have got some very, very tough fixtures. If you look at our fixtures, they're running now between the end of the season. If we want to finish in the top, let's say, five places, there's no excuses because I think we've only got to play one team that's currently like in above us and that's Chelsea between now and the end of the season yep. we've got obviously Brighton then West Ham Bournemouth and all the all these teams that are down the bottom and it, but it's just the Wolves way now to go and start dropping points against these so-called lesser teams after beating Spurs and beating Man City twice so 
on this one, it's one where nothing would surprise me. What I would like is, is a, a convincing home performance like we had against Norwich. Although there were ropey spells against Norwich and Brighton probably won't collapse as soon as we score like they did. But if we if we want to be a Champions League team and we need to be beating teams like Brighton at home, no disrespect at all. But looking at the table now, I think we'll all agree that a home game against Brighton, we need three points if we want to get in the Champions League, realistically. Jack, although I don't disagree with that last point, I do disagree a little bit with the fact of the teams being lower than us that we've got to play against. When you're playing the teams that are scrapping for survival, that's the difficult games. The West Ham game's going to be tough. Villa's going to be really difficult. That's a local derby. You know, it, Bournemouth again, yeah. they're, they're in the mire a little bit and although we should breeze past them, it's going to be difficult. I don't think this running is as simple as you think. No, but then at the same time, the Liverpools and Man City's obviously Liverpool's a bad example as to what happened on Saturday. But nine times out of ten, they'll just brush these teams aside, won't they? And it wouldn't it wouldn't be an issue. So we need to sort of not not necessarily beat them all, but I think Matt Doherty said that their aim is now to try and go the rest of the season unbeaten. And if you can do that, and we can go on a run, then we've got a chance. Is that doable, Harry? I think it is. I think we're capable of doing it. We've shown we can go on mad runs in spells throughout seasons. So we had a bit of a bad spat, uh, spat or patch whatever you want to call it at the beginning of January didn't we so hopefully now we can kick on we mentioned Jota he seems to hit form at this time of the year if he can keep it up I don't see why not and the run of fixtures we've got I mean the only two that stick out when I'm looking at them obviously Chelsea away last game and I think we've got Arsenal in there as well apart from that on paper we should be winning all of them really if we do go and beat them we will we will finish in the Champions League spot. Because obviously, just a reminder, with the Man City ban, it can get a little bit confusing sometimes and, and how it all works and the implications for the, the European ban. So basically, if Manchester United, Chelsea, Spurs or Arsenal come fifth, then they'll qualify for Europe. If Wolves, Sheffield United or Everton come fifth, then Manchester City's ban will be overturned. So that's how it works. That's how that's UEFA fact. works. It's corrupt to its core. Credit we know to this. Shiv on Twitter, who was the first person to tweet that and he got copied loads. <laughs> Well oh, done, Shiv. Okay, Excellent. Okay. Right, okay. Uh, score prediction, Jack. 1-1. One, one. Bayliss. Another 2-0. Harry? 5-0 Wolves. 5-0 Wolves. Oh, fancy a, fancy a 5-0, Harry. I might join you on that one. Let's get your latest betting odds and ticket news. Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Hello, betting fans. I've got no odds for you this week. Because we are <laughs> trying to prepare something. Thanks. I tried to build that up and you ruined it. Um, <laughs> we're trying to build something up pretty special. We're trying to get your smoffers out, hopefully, early next week, ready for your Cheltenham bets. Uh, stay close. Not for the Brighton game. <laughs> no. This is a, this is, this is no wonder they're hemorrhaging money. This is, this is <laughs> taking bets after the event. This is bigger. It's not about. It's the, not the way to run a betting company. It's not about the Brighton game. It's about getting you specials for the biggest week of betting in the country, Cheltenham week along with future games. It's going to change up how we do it. We're probably going to leave the odds aside a little bit and come up with you with competitions and offers and things. So stay tuned. Keep an eye on your phones. <laughs> Only you can be tasked with getting some odds for a game Saturday. And we've got all, got some, got all races in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, but not even the weekend. I mean, in all fairness, I've, I've messaged them about four times this week and I've had no response. So, uh, Oh, brilliant. Oh, God, you, could, you couldn't make it. That's all your free uh, bets in the fucking in the bin, hold on, mate. Isn't ba- Jack Bayliss? Isn't um, Cheltenham at risk because of coronavirus of not being on? I don't know the horses can, can catch it. I can tell you that they're keeping a close eye on it, um, but they haven't got any plans to postpone it yet. I seen someone tweet out. I'd, I'd actually want. I'd actually get coronavirus just to, for them to keep it on. <laughs> <laughs> just, just going. He loves the week. Yeah, going to get it. Take the hit. 
Uh, Jack has your ticket news. Hopefully, tickets for this season. <laughs> no, so the West End musical Cats is coming to <laughs> in two to three weeks' time at the Wolverhampton Grand Theatre. No. Um, so, where to start? It's the usual story for most of the normal league games, but the talking point. We'll start with Olympiacos because that was the main talking point. Now, the allocation for the away fixture of that, we've been given 1,600 tickets. At time of recording, I think today they've, they're have they going on the points of us tomorrow, I think. And I think there's only just over 300 been sold. With Given the, the very quick turnaround, the long distance, the flights, obviously, as they always do, go up very quickly. You need to be on the board when you're booking them. I don't think that many are going to travel for this. I think we will do well to sell out that 1,600 yeah. allocation. So anybody who, you know, has been missing out on these sort of away games or uh, in general who thinks they can make the trip over to Greece, I think these will he- get very far down the points, maybe to members, to be honest with you. I think that pretty much everybody who wants a ticket for that away game will be able to get one. And although we're tempting fate here, I think a lot of Wolves fans, probably kind of us included, probably got one eye on a potential quarterfinal trip as well, which might be thinking people with holidays and the fact it's at a big expense just after Barcelona will be just thinking, mm. save the money and, and take the risk just in case there's a, a, a better tie that comes up. But I'm sure the ones that will go in and have a great time, I know a few that are, but it's nowhere near as popular as Braga or Barcelona are going to be. Brilliant film as well, Greece. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the home tickets uh, for the home leg, they are on sale currently to season ticket holders. The league games-wise, Brighton uh, is, I think, officially sold out, but there were a few knocking about online when I just checked. There are a smattering in the upper steep ball still. Yeah, uh, Bournemouth is on sale to members and there's a couple of hundred left for that. The Bournemouth home game on the 23rd of March and West Ham away, the away game in between that is sold out. And that's your ticket news. Excellent. Uh, we will move on to controversial statements. Hi, this is this is some daft shite in the high street. I'm speaking to someone who got picked on in school for him ginger hair. Hi, this is Gaza. Welcome to the 77 fucking high street club. Is that right? That jump was minging anyway. Hi, it's Gaza. This is 77 club. Now, this might be quite difficult uh, with Bayliss here, uh, the walking contradiction, of course. Um, but I saw this on Twitter. What's the most controversial football take you have that you'll never budge on? Now, I can start us off, and, and I know it, it might cause havoc. I, I, rate, I rate Steven Gerrard over Skulls. Ooh, that is controversial. Prime. Not budging on it. Not budging on it. Uh, uh, Harry, f- for you, would would there be the, the first one? That you, you know, the first one that comes to mind was a player comparison as well. But it, it was mine's Ronaldo's better than Messi, but that's probably not that controversial, is it? I well, I agree with that. Um, and also, yes, another one yeah. is um, Liverpool's atmosphere is the biggest myth in football. Is that controversial? Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, that's that is a great a good one. Shout. Not not going to be moved on that. That's yeah. not controversial to anyone who's actually. And been I've to been the twice, game. and both times it's been really quiet. Maybe it's because they're playing you'll walls. Never, you'll never walk alone. Is yeah, okay, it's brilliant. They all sing it, and then then it's just in the library for ninety minutes. And you'll never sing all it. Again after that. Never sing it. Well, on a European night, it's very different. And- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bayliss, uh, this should be good. I'm not going to think of any off the top of my head. I mean, uh, just say something. I mean, the yeah, biggest one, probably- the biggest one I've got is no Scottish league football team through any point in any time in history would have ever got in the top division of English football in history yeah they're all well, shite about nah. Gaza, 67 nah. Champions League winners nah they're all crap Rangers and Celtic <laughs> in the early 2000s Scottish football's a joke 
They were good when they had Larson and that. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. And you, you, you'd never budge on that. I, no, no I I probably right. In rain. the 70s and 80s, it's probably a bit different. <laughs> Here we go. Pre- Premier League, League era. They're I told bad. you, if there were walking contradictions <laughs> at one time where you could just say... Wait, I'd say something really controversial. You almost went back That's on bad. it in the same sentence. Oh, oh, I've got one, Sam. I've got one. This is go going to blow up our bloody mentions. Connor Cody can't defend. <laughs> oh, big shout. That is huge. But he can uh, ping a ball 40 yards. He's really good at that, so... That's that's true. I mean, I personally think going back to Rangers and Celtic, they'd be they'd struggle to get in the Championship playoffs. Let's be honest. Oh, they're now. <laughs> yeah, now. I'd agree. Terrible. Terrible. Um, yeah. My other one. England haven't had a decent football team since 2002, and even after the last World Cup, we're still shit. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, none of these that controversial. If most people no, not agree that with I thought mine. I thought mine might be pretty controversial the Gerard over Skulls yeah that is I, I disagree with that I think a lot of people would as well yeah I'd say Skulls yeah. couldn't tackle oh, well, but other than that wrong. brilliant women's football is more technical than men's <laughs> <laughs> come on now uh, also I saw this quite quite a good article actually it was um, it's from Optus Sport so you know it's good because they are the statisticians uh, of of world sports and they've got every club's weak link the players rival fans love to see on the team sheet now this is out of the whole squad so uh, these aren't probably going to be starting players most of the time um, we could start with Wolves who do you reckon in that squad uh, would be considered as Wolves wink, weak link by Optus Sport probably Gibbs White yeah. if it's the whole squad in the whole squad or just like the starting players in the squad it is Gibbs White very good Harry um, before that though before he left it was technically Vallejo which yeah. I think we can all yeah. can all agree with that let's go in alphabetical order um, West Ham oh I don't know if they're, if they're whole oh, they're squad keeper? they're keeper surely one of their keepers they're all rubbish it, it, Roberto <laughs> is on there I think he's second but actually only second to Pablo Zabaleta apparently oh he's old isn't he yeah Zimmerfrain Watford <laughs> Uh, Mariapa, no idea. Yeah. For Tottenham, it's Aurea, which I'm really? quite surprised that uh, he played well. He's the best does. player against yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Southampton is Angus Gunn, uh, goalkeeper. Pull, he can't pull the trigger. Can <laughs> Sheffield United is David McGoldrick. Oh, he's getting on. Uh, Norwich is Drimmich. Uh, Joe Linton for Newcastle. I think we can all probably prove that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one on the list, Manchester United. I mean, it could be, it could be any one of Lingard. 25 players. Is it Lingard? No, it's Phil Jones. Come on. Oh, oh yeah. Phil Jones. Yeah. Forgot that. Uh, Manchester City actually have a goalkeeper as their weakest link. Willie Cabot, is it? Willie something? That bloke? It's Bravo. Bravo. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Bravo. He pulled off a great save Sunday against Villa. Did you see it? That's true. What a save that was. He won them the cup. Liverpool? None of them. Henderson? <laughs> 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 That's a controversial comment. Uh, Dejan Lovren, of course. Leicester City. Uh, Bennett, Ryan Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wes Morgan, Everton. Having absolute howlers at the moment. Pickford. Oh, Pickford. Pickford, yes. Uh, do you think he's going to be uh, England's number one at the Euros? Probably, because Southgate picks on like English England national team form, not actual club form. Doesn't matter. It? I'm not going to watch any of it. We're crap. <laughs> You will. You're, you're not going to watch any of the Euros. No, we'll get, we'll get pinned. Is there horse racing on? Haven't you got tickets for the semis, you lot or something? I've got Sam tickets has. for Czech Republic, England at Wembley. Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, Crystal Palace, former Villa man. And Liverpool, actually. Don't know. Ben Teke. 
Benteke, yes. And surprisingly, actually, for Chelsea, uh, Batshuayi. Oh, oh, yeah, the striker. Thought he was all right. Schletto for Brighton. Burnley, it's a goalkeeper. Hello. Former England number one. Or Pope. Joe Hart. Joe Hart, yes. Bournemouth is Dom Solanke. Aston Villa, <laughs> take your pick, but it is Wesley. Uh, Mustafi for Arsenal. <laughs> so there you go, the weakest links. Excellent. Right, OK, okay. Uh, it's time to say goodbye to Harry Mansell. Goodbye, everyone. And Harry, it does sound a little bit like you might actually have coronavirus, so do go and self-quarantine for two weeks. Uh, Jack? Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Dan. Goodbye, Wolves fans. Ah, That's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network.